Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned into another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started, um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if y'all are familiar or not with Prize Picks platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a 100% instant match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 back. Let's say you deposit $50, you get $50 back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys, you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections, more or less, um, you get up to 25% or 25 times your money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28.5 points, LeBron over 7.5 rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86.5 rush yards, and let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on, on, and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR, Anything you could possibly want, it is on there. I promise, guys. Prize Picks is available in your state. Download the app to check and make sure it's in your state. Once again, use code TP3BETS. It takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit. It's easy withdraw, easy deposit. Once again, use code TP3BETS if you want to sign up for Prize Picks. Okay, guys, second sponsor of the show we have is SoBet. That's SoBet.io. The link is in my bio on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at TP3Bets. But y'all don't even know what SoBet is yet, man. It is the best value in sports betting. There's over 38 other handicappers on there like myself. It's $10 a month, and you get all those bets. Let's say you don't want to tail me. You can tail somebody else on the website. Everybody over there is winning. Everyone's putting in great work. You get every single bet explained like me and Ben break down for you guys on these podcasts. Might as well go ahead and do it for only $10 a month. Might as well sign up, try a month, say you don't like it. It's all good, guys. But yeah, so bet. Go over there, get at them. How's it going today, guys? Y'all already know what time it is. We're back here once again for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penley, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, on Thursday, September 14th. As always, I am joined by Ben Gorowitz. Ben, how are we doing today, man? I'm good, man. It's Picks Thursday. Yeah, it's always good when me and Ben are talking sports. Um, nothing better, honestly, than that, Ben. It's what I look forward to the most every single week, hopping on here and talking some football with you. Guys, a lot's happened since we last talked. Colorado is now 2-0. and We got the Alabama Crimson Tide taking it on the chin, and I think that's where we got to start out here. Ben, I know you had a lot to say. We teased it on Twitter yesterday. Talk to the people one time. Feel free to, to comment in. Um, this is my opinion. I don't think you're going to feel differently than me, but here we go. Alabama, before the season starts, became famous for having this program. That program, it's like a weight training program, basically. It's called the fourth quarter program. Have you heard of it? You've probably heard of it by now. Yeah, I've heard of it. When Saban uh, came in, there's like a glove, mm -hmm. uh, like a receiver glove, basically. And there's words on it. It's everything that was going to be built. When you say like the process, this is where it starts, right? Toughness, pride, commitment, and effort are the four main pillars. I might be leaving one out, but those are the four that mean something to me. I'm going to repeat those. Toughness, pride, commitment, and effort. That's what Saban built this program off of. When okay. you hear the process, it starts with those four words. They're they're quite literally in random places throughout the campus, to be honest with you. Yeah. Are you seeing that when you watch Alabama play football these last two seasons? Because I'll tell you what I'm seeing. I'm seeing Tennessee 
run or uh, throw the ball all over us in fourth quarter, really the whole game. Yeah. I'm seeing LSU in fourth quarter and overtime take advantage of Alabama. I'm seeing Texas in the second half wear down Alabama. Okay? That's what I'm seeing recently. Now, I'm never going to blame Saban. I don't think it's totally his fault, but Alabama is whiffing on priority targets when when it comes to coaching. Recruiting, I'm never going to complain about. I mean, we just had the number one class recently, right? Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to name some names that we've heard. Maybe they're not all true, but they all had some kind of report to them. Okay. Yeah. We heard Austin Armstrong. Mm-hmm. He's the defensive coordinator at Florida. If we want a guy, why is Florida getting a guy over Bama? Okay. We heard Jeremy Pruitt before we heard about his uh, court date and suspension, whatever. We've been hearing Pruitt for a while. We then heard Glenn Schumann, who's the co-defensive coordinator at Georgia. He is still at Georgia. And then a few weeks later, we landed on Kevin Steele. There's nothing wrong with Kevin Steele. My point is he wasn't priority number one. He was not the number one target. I'll tell you what, Tommy Reese wasn't the number one target either. And I like Tommy Reese. I think it's good to have a young mind kind of mixed in, but he was not the number one target. They're whiffing on player development, not recruiting, player development. Um, And finally, like, Alabama used to show up on the field and dominate. It's what Dion's preaching. We don't talk, we show up and we play, and we dominate. I'm seeing a lot of talking these last two years by Alabama on on Twitter. Seeing a lot of it. We got guys dancing on TikTok, laughing after games, caring about how many views he's got. It, you just lost to Texas at home, boy. Like, yeah. come on, brother. We 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 got to get the toughness back in Alabama. It's not there right now. Yeah, Ben, I actually liked what you said about the about just like the fact that you don't or like the coordinator part and that's the part i really want to focus on what you just said like if you look at alabama's head coaches like um who was it somebody who just speak dan lanning like he couldn't even be a coordinator at alabama y'all used to be so loaded up it feels like all savings you know like assistant coaches coordinators like all these guys have just gotten poached at this point like it just feels like that saban doesn't have the, the type of coaches that he used to have there helping him out. And I mean, you make a good point. Like the fact Kevin Steele's the defensive coordinator at this point, it feels like Saban's, you know, kind of just settling for whatever he can get at this point in time is everybody's being taken. And it feels like he's just getting, you know, like third, fourth best guys. He doesn't have Kirby smart over there coaching up his defense, you know? Nope. He does not. I will say guys, it must be nice Ben to be on here complaining about your team not doing well when they, your team won what when 11 and two last season must be nice, Ben. Well, if you listen to our SEC podcast, I think I, I definitely don't have them winning the SEC West. And I said, they could potentially lose three games. I'm, I'm realistic. I see it how it is. That's how I feel right now. And I'll tell you another thing. Milro was only halfway the first choice. Yeah, no, I know that. And I saw Buckner got some snaps with the first strings too. I almost feel I like you know a what? Chance ben? He starts this week. Yeah, dude, Tyler Buckner starting this it's week. A mess. It's, a mess. it's a mess in Tuscaloosa right now. Well, let me ask you this: When do you think that you're actually going to see Ty Simpson get some get some uh, run? Because I feel like there's a certain point. I feel like after when Bama he earns it, lose. I feel like <laughs> once that Bama officially can't win an SEC title anymore, I feel like it's time to throw Ty Simpson in there and see what you got. You know. Yeah, either him or Dylan Longergan, who is a a five-star freshman right now. Yeah, I think I texted you this, Ben, on my ride back from, uh, from Nashville over the weekend. I'm pretty sure I sent you this text. 
I think that this is the last time we'll see Alabama not address the quarterback position in the transfer portal. Like, imagine if y'all had Sam Hartman or somebody like that in there playing quarterback. I really think you that texted Nick me. Saban, you texted me Jalen Daniels from Kansas. Yeah, I, he's a, he's a redshirt junior right now. So, I mean, I feel like if Alabama picked up the phone and called him, don't get me wrong, guy's a beast, but he knows he's not going to be a high pick in the NFL, and there's a high chance he never even takes a snap in the NFL. If Alabama calls up and says, we got 750 k for you to come play quarterback for us next season, I'm, I'm saying, sounds good. I'm packing my bags right now, Coach Saban. <laughs> what, what do you think about that one, Ben? I know the guy can – he can – I mean – he can make plays. It's a different type of offense he would be running at Alabama compared to Kansas. Um, but I agree with you that – but listen, they haven't been great in the portal. They they haven't brought a ton of, of uh, difference makers from the portal. Yeah, you know, Ben, that's the perfect segue to the next topic I want to talk about was just kind of like is the SEC – like, is this like the demise of the SEC? Like, we've seen it too many times in sports where we see teams, eras of of like a way you play a sport dominate, and eventually it runs out of its time. And, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying the SEC is dead, but I think the SEC, it's time for them to innovate a little bit after what we've seen. I mean, technically, the SEC can still easily get two teams in the playoff, you know, but... I think the portal is the way to play. You bring in, five, you know, like you bring in five, six, five stars. You bring in five, six, four stars, a couple, three stars, and then you go get four or five guys out of the transfer portal. You know, like these guys that you're bringing into are for the most part like grown ass men. These guys are juniors, sophomores in college. You know, like they're they're way more mature than these eighteen year old guys who come in there. And I mean, Ben and I have even seen it with growing up. You're a lot more like your body's way more matured when you get to that age. And there's definitely a huge difference. That's why you can't go to the NFL after just one year of college football or straight out of high school like you can with the NBA and MLB it's a lot different sport and I think that we're going to see a lot of these SEC teams adapt and bring in these transfer portal guys because I think that it's perfect to stack up I mean when you already have the five-star talent like Alabama let's say you plug in one or two defensive linemen in a quarterback all of a sudden you look like what FSU's looked like so far this season I think it's just what's hot right now it's what's working right now yeah I think it'll balance out um you started with is the is this the demise of the SEC I mean Who's the favorite to win it all? Yeah. Uh, the favorite to win it all, I guess, is what? Uh, Georgia? Georgia still. Who do you think is the favorite to win it all in the early predictions of 2024? Alabama. Uh, probably Georgia or Alabama or LSU. Yeah. Like, it's not the demise. It's just with hot right now. Teams are adjusting to it. Coaches will adjust to it. Um, recruiting is still, I mean, whether it's through the portal or through high school is the most important thing in college football. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Also, those are betting favorites, not necessarily who I think is going to win because you already know I'm the most unrealistic fan right now. I'm all in on Florida State as of right now. Ben, oh, by the way, our podcast next Thursday, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but let's put it this way. After our, po- our podcast next Thursday, I'm definitely going to be out of pocket. There's a big game on deck next Thursday, Ben. Um, let's talk about our last topic here, though, Ben, before we get into the actual picks of this podcast. One team Deon- is so bad it has to be played on Thursday. Say that again. You're talking about Florida State Clemson? Yeah. I said one team is so bad that you have to play on a Thursday. Yeah, exactly. So we got some good stuff there for you right here, Ben. What are you thinking? For about Deion about Sanders in Colorado. I mean, is it time that we take back what we said? Do we think that they're acting ridiculous down in Colorado? What do you think about everything transpiring over there? Dude, I love it. I, I've always said, like you don't become a college football coach to make friends. Yeah. Who cares, man? Who cares if the Colorado State coach likes you down the road? Guess what? 
That Colorado State coach probably had a Dion jersey growing up. Everyone liked Dion as a player. So what? He's yeah. cocky. He's earned it. What, what hasn't he earned up until this point? Right? Yeah. Everyone said Colorado wasn't going to be good. He's 2-0. He's, he's until he loses, until that door gets slammed in his face, he's Dion. And guess what? Like when he loses, he's still going to be Dion. He talk, he talks the talk. He walks the walk a lot of the time. He, I'm a fan of Dion Sanders. I don't think you, I don't think he needs to be worried about offending people. I think the Colorado state coach and other coaches should just shut up and, and try to beat Colorado, but good luck. I I, I mean, Colorado, he, he's not going to, he may take starters out, but he is not going to let the foot off the pedal yeah i don't, no. I don't get it like Dion's not some bad guy florida state okay whatever you you can have some some beef with them right you guys wanted him as your coach for a while yeah he that never happened then he bad matthew then the travis hunter thing whatever that that can be a rivalry but like people who i, I don't know how people hate Dion sanders he's he's confident like he's confident i think his confidence and his ability and what he can do and help football players and young men threatens other people. And he's 2-0. I think he's going to be 3-0 with another huge victory. And then we'll talk about him against Oregon. Yeah, no, nah, Ben, I'm 100% with you on this one. Like, I personally, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, like— He's not I'm... offending anyone in what he says. He just says it confidently and cocky. But he doesn't say anything offensive. Yeah, no. I'm not offended by Deion Sanders. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a little out of pocket, and I think he's definitely salty. He's not the head coach over at Florida State. He definitely pissed me off with the Travis Hunter stuff. But I personally don't hate Deion Sanders. I, I mean, Deion Sanders can't tone it back, but I definitely think, like, I definitely am looking forward to watching them get smoked by um, USC and by Oregon just so they can get humbled a little bit. I wouldn't say that, like, I'm that annoyed because you know what they say is, like, the Lions don't don't concern themselves with the sheep. That's the way I feel right now about Florida State. Like, they're going to be battling. Like, we're competing for a national championship. They're going to be battling to get bowl eligible. I'll let them worry about playing in the postseason. We'll worry about winning a national championship. But I personally think that what he's doing at Colorado is good, you know, like, I think I like the fact that Colorado is good. I think it makes for great storylines. I think college football is getting a lot of attention, which is good with this Deion Sanders stuff. And he's getting a ton of attention with these games. And I think it's good for Colorado football to be good. Like me and Ben, our entire lives grew up hearing about how that Colorado was like a big time program. And we were like, ah, we don't really see it. Like this team sucks dick. Like they're not even, they're barely even making bowl games. You know, like I actually like seeing Colorado play and be a good program so i'm all for it and i like what he's doing there and i like watching the team play i think they're fun to watch play it's been great atmospheres there yeah no it's absolutely been great atmospheres there in colorado so now far game day. yeah they got game day i mean i think it is a little ridiculous there at colorado colorado state but then again there's not really a better option usually they do like something funky like they'll go to like hbcus this week or they'll go to like some random like uh, Sun Belt rivalry game. Like I think last year they were like at like App State James Madison. So like they'll just do some ran something random like that in these weeks like this. But it's gonna be interesting to see what goes on over there at Colorado. Um Ben, are you ready for the are you ready for it, man? Picks pod time. Yeah, I'm a square this week. I'm gonna get out in front of that right now. Okay. Um lot of lot of favorites. Okay. I don't hate it. I um actually have Mostly favorites for the college football part of this, guys. Um, I've locked in a decent bit of bets. I've got three right now in college football, three in NFL. I was going to have four in college football. I just want to double-check this weather before yeah, I lock same. in the extra one because apparently there is supposed to be up in uh, Maine and um, Massachusetts. Apparently, the it, weirdly enough, Florida same State game. Pl- 
Yeah, Florida State's playing up there, but the weather could be affecting it. Uh, Ben, with no further ado, I think we got to lead things in here at the 12 o'clock hour of college football. I assume you have a bet, as do I. Yeah, let me go ahead first, because I always forget to do mine by time like you, and it's smart. Okay, we're rocking with at the noon slate. Give me FSU minus 26 in this game. I was going to add first half in here. I'm going to wait on first half and just make sure that it's not pouring down rain. It's not 40 to 50 mile per hour winds, which I've seen. But just because I don't want to have like two units on on a game that has that insane of weather. But ultimately, Ben, I absolutely love this spot for Florida State. Boston College is terrible. They lost to a Mac school in week one, and we watched the Mac get busted playing out of conference. The Mac got got embarrassed, if anything, playing out of conference. Boston College loses outright. Then Boston College comes back and needs a miracle fumble by Liberty in their own area by a Holy Cross, an FCS school in their own zone in order to beat Holy Cross and in order to be an FCS school. That's how bad that they're playing right now. Their quarterback, Thomas Castellanos, cannot throw the football to save his life. And actually their starter got pulled and then he got hurt in the Holy Cross game. So they don't even have their starting quarterback in this game. Look, I know everybody's going to say don't take Florida State. It's a look ahead spot to Clemson. Even if Florida State comes out here and doesn't try, I think they have no problem embarrassing Boston College in this game and running them off the field. I expect Florida State to be covering this game by halftime, and I wouldn't be shocked if Florida State hits the over by themselves. They just can't help themselves. Give me the Knolls early and often minus the 26. Uh, so you got it at 26? Yeah, what are you thinking? So I'm on the same game. I just okay. haven't placed it yet because I'm like, I think I got to wait out this hurricane a little bit. Okay. Uh, but I'm on the same game. So that's that would be one noon game for me, Florida State minus 26. Uh, I got another noon game. Okay. We are going to go down to Cowbell Country in Starkville. Oh, get them ringing. Noon game. Cowbell's ringing. First thing that comes to your head, at least that comes to my head, is it's loud. And it's annoying yeah. to hear it that early. I don't care. LSU minus nine. Th- there is... An insane talent gap in this game everywhere on the field. I think LSU uh, goes in and smashes State. The the Bulldogs, it's flipped. Um, They are running the football over 50% of their plays uh, since this new coach has taken over. Uh, That plays into an LSU strength with that defensive line. I I think there's a significant mismatch in the trenches in this game. Um, I think Daniels has time to throw, time to run. I, I think it's a big game from LSU, minus nine. Yeah, Ben, don't don't first of all, Ben, actually, we'll do it after we finish talking about this game real quick. Um, Don't put me down for an official on this one, but I do have a play in this game. I'm just not going to give it as an official on here. I'm taking the over in this game. Um, I actually am not impressed with LSU's defense so far. I think their secondary is pretty lacking, and I saw Grambling was able to run the ball and score a decent bit of points against them. While I do think LSU will cover the nine, and I think the line is way too low personally. I just think that it's going to be – I just think, you know, it's going to be one of those games, man, where that LSU ends up scoring a ton of points. They can't help it. I mean, we watched Arizona take the, take them to overtime. And also, too, like, I know a lot of people look at college football games and they're like, oh, this team can't throw the ball. This team can't do this. They still have Will Rogers back there. And as like long as Zach Arnett is not a total idiot, he's got to have gone in the in back after this game's over and talk to his coach and me like, look, we can't play like this against LSU and expect to win. They're going to have to air it out here. I think 54 is way too low of a total. And like you said, the Cowbells will be ringing. I'm taking the over in this game. It's not, it's not a, don't put me down for it though as a podcast pick. Real quick, Ben, can you recap? I know we forget, should probably should have done this at the beginning of how we did last week. Yes. Yes, I can. Last week. Uh, in college football, I went one and two. 
in college football, you went one and two. In the NFL, I went two and one. And in the NFL, you also went two and one. It's a bad start to college football for us. Yeah, we've been terrible in college football. We will turn it around, though. We've been profitable every year as a podcast. We will get it right. Also, too, I want to say this. Not that I'm trying to make excuses for a loss, but Texas Tech, man, that was like the oh. baddest beat of all time. The quarterback gets hit, throws the ball into the defensive lineman's stomach when they were driving down the field. Man, I wanted to throw up. So that one was brutal. Uh, ben, any other 12 o'clock games for you? Uh, nope. I got two 330s. Yeah, I got two 330s as well. Uh, ben, what's your first game at 330 you're rocking with? This is my eye test game of the week. Okay. I'm going to have one in the NFL as well. Uh, UNC minus seven. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think Minnesota can, I don't think Minnesota can score with UNC uh, and keep up with Drake May in the scoring department. Give me UNC minus three. It's my eye test game of the week. I'm actually looking at the over in this game. I haven't officially played it yet, but I'm the, the, I also, over. I also was looking at it, but yeah, I just think it's way too low. 51 points in a UNC game. We know UNC can't play defense. I still, I think UNC will cover this game, but I think there will be a lot of well, points scored. Depends how bad you think South Carolina's offense is, because I think South Carolina's did, offense is bad. They did sack Rattler nine times. Yeah, I think I think that line's really bad because I wanted to take the over or South Carolina, but. I don't know, man. After Fortunately for was, them, they played Georgia this week. Because I think Ab State's pretty bad, too. And the <laughs> fact that, yeah, the, the fact that Ab State was able to move the ball so easily on them, I got some questions about this North Carolina defense and team still. Um, I got a game, though, as well. Ben, is, I, I like to feel like that we've always been out in front of the trend here and that we've always been a Hilltoppers podcast. That's right. <laughs> Give me Western Kentucky plus 28 and a half. We, I'm pretty sure me and Ben bet them every single week when they had Bailey Zappi. I heard about them on a podcast and I told Ben about them and then they put up a ton of points and they played like Indiana the next week and we took them plus like 18 and they almost won the game outright. After that, we bet Hilltoppers every single game and they only lost for us twice the entire season. We were betting the over in the Hilltoppers. Look, this offense is dynamic. They're going to come out and throw the ball all over them. I'm going to give you guys two names to watch. The first one, Dalvin Smith, is a good wide receiver. But the other guy, Malachi Corley, he will be picked in the first three rounds of the NFL draft this next season. He will hear his name called. This guy had a huge season last year as a sophomore. He actually hurt his ankle in the first game of the season, sat out last week. He's going to be ready to go here. Quarterback Austin Reed will also hear his name called probably in the sixth or seventh round of the NFL draft. This Western Kentucky team can score, 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 score. While I think Ohio State and Kyle McCord has a good offense, I'm not saying they're going to lose this game outright. I'm just saying I think that 28 and a half is way too many touchdowns in Western Kentucky. Will never be out of this game. Give me the Hilltoppers to keep it inside the number. I'm going to go last pick for me in college. I'm going to go no. Iowa. I'm going back to the well. <laughs> going to Iowa minus 28. Okay. Um, did a little stats and info for this, but before I get into that, this is the game. Let me double check myself. I'm pretty sure I looked at it earlier in the week, but I'm pretty sure Iowa plays Ohio State. No, they play at Penn State next. Okay. First, like real, real big, big mm-hmm. game where, where they're gonna try to upset someone, right? You yeah. gotta start scoring some points if your Ferrets is if your Ferrets, who's the offensive coordinator, you gotta open it up eventually. So give me Iowa minus 28. Kirk Ferrets, this will not shock you people. He's the worst division division one coach when being a favorite by double digits. Last time Good. I checked, 28 is double digits. However, Thomas, mm-hmm. I see that face. However, he's 2-0 and when he's favored by 28 or more in his last two drives. He has figured it out. And guess what? The last time he did it, he did it against a MAC team 
Ball State. Looked back into my uh, college football magazine that I bought this year preview. Yeah. And Western Michigan is towards the bottom of the MAC teams. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, they're bad. So give me Iowa minus 28. This will be the last time that I ever bet on Iowa if they they don't come through. Ben, you're a bold man. That seems like the kind of bet that I would take right there. Unfortunately, I'm not going to take that one. Instead, I'm going to take us to 7 o'clock where I'm going to give out my final play for the college football portion of the podcast for me. I don't know if Ben has any more left in the tank. No more. Okay, perfect. It's the last pick then of it. Give me Ole Miss minus 18 and a half. What are we doing here? Line of the week, guys. Last year when these teams played in Atlanta, Ole Miss was minus 17 and a half and blew the doors off Georgia Tech. I don't think anything's changed. Louisville in the second half got it going against Georgia Tech. They ran for 227 yards. While I think Georgia Tech's upgraded their team a little bit, I don't think that there's that much of an upgrade that the spread should be identical playing in Ole Miss in a night game when the fans are all going to be wasted cheering their asses off. I just don't see it. I think that Ole Miss is a major advantage in tackling, finishing drives, and havoc. I think Lane Kiffin's going to line up and just run the ball down Georgia Tech's throat in this game. Look for Judkins to go off. Look for Spencer Rattler or Spencer Sanders to maybe get some work in this game. I think Ole Miss w- scores 40-plus points in this game, and I'd be shocked to see Georgia Tech score three touchdowns. So give me Ole Miss to get it done here. Judkins hasn't, uh, hasn't really exploded just yet, but a good matchup against this tech run defense yeah exactly i mean they gave up 227 to louisville and ole miss is much bigger in the trenches and they have a much better running back and run offense so i just don't understand this line at all um ben let's take things over though to nfl sunday take us to our first spot you got giants minus four i i was higher on the giants than i know you were coming into this year um you can't play worse than week one not only did you play your arch rival divisional opponent, you got shut out. You lost 40 to nothing. Um, but last year, the Giants were great against bad teams. Last time yep. I checked, I have the Arizona Cardinals being the worst team. So the Giants were great against bad teams. I trust uh, Brian Dabble um, to beat bad teams like he did last year. Give me the Giants minus four. Ben, you're the Giants are going to beat the Cardinals by four points. <laughs> I think Darren Waller might not play either, but ben, I don't care. You know what I tell you? None of that matters because I agree with you. This is actually probably my favorite bet of the entire week. Give me the Giants minus four, minus four and a half. Take them at any number you got on their book because it's not going to matter. It's going to be so bad. First of all, NFL teams off being shut out are 62% against the spread the following week. Daniel Jones, he is a road ATS king going 19 and 8 ATS on the road in his career as a starting quarterback. But Ben, it gets better than that. Daniel Jones off a loss, 21 and 10 against the spread. Mm. In the last two seasons, he's 18 and 5 against the spread. But hold up, mm. it gets even better. Under Brian Dayball, they are a perfect 7 and 0 ATS off a loss. Yeah. Need me. Give me Danny Dimes and the boys. To get it done for us on Sunday, Ben. I love that pick. Somehow I got the feeling we're going to be lined up on at least one of these NFL picks. Also, too, oh, I forgot. I have an even better trend for you here. <laughs> yeah. If, if you but think wait, there's more. Than that. Yeah, but wait, there's more. I compl- almost completely forgot. Teams off a double-digit loss in week one facing a team off a, uh, not off a double-digit loss are 32-16-2 against the spread since 2014. But wait, there's more. 
when teams are are on the road in this situation, they're 19-2-1 against the spread. Give me the Giants. We we might have a punishment if they don't cover. I mean, you just laid out an encyclopedia of trends and stats. Yeah. This, like, when I looked at this game, I was like, it's probably going to be the public game of the week. And then I was like, you know what? We're doing this. And plus, dude, Dayball was so angry in his post-game presser. This is exactly where I want to be at is on the Giants in this game. Like, I can't think of anything. Like, this checks every single box for me. I don't even care about the public. Let's all bet it together because we're all winning on this one. Um, I got my eye test game of the week in the okay. NFL. 49ers minus seven. Ooh, okay. They have been playing great in, in L.A., uh, past couple seasons with Shanahan. Shanahan's like owned McVay. We've talked about that multiple times. Yeah. Uh, the Rams winning in week one, I'm going to be honest, it shocked me. Seahawks was a really good win. Um, Stafford looked like Stafford doesn't have a ton of weapons, to be honest with you. But uh big glaring difference is the Seahawks currently can't rush the passer, and uh, the 49ers can. I think that's going to change a lot of things for Matthew Stafford, who's not as mobile as he once was, doesn't have the receivers that he typically has. Uh, 49ers minus seven is my eye test of the week. Eye test game of the week in the NFL. I like it, Ben. I definitely like it. Um, I'm not going to be on that game personally here. I'm not against Ben either on this one. I got two more for you guys in the NFL. I'm going to stay in one o'clock. I'm rocking with the Seattle Seahawks plus five. This is my second favorite. I like of the week. that. I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't uh, place it, but I liked it. What'd you get the number? Um, the, it's at. I got plus five. It, I know it was nice. at plus six at one point. I wish I had that, but I don't care. Goes back. This goes back to a trend I shared earlier today in my TikTok and on Twitter. Um, te- when the spread is between six and a half, when a team is an underdog of a spread of six and a half to one point in weeks one and two, these teams are sixty-two percent or better against the spread. And I believe it was. I couldn't find the trend again. I forget where I saw it at. I was trying to find it again. But the trend gets even better when they're inside of five and a half points. I want to say it goes to like 66%, which this would be this case. So it's even better in this spot. But first of all, I'm not worried about what happened last week. The Rams have owned Seattle historically. McVay's always dominated Pete Carroll and the boys. So that doesn't really bother me. Division games are weird in the NFL. But Pete Carroll is 20-11-1 ATS after a loss covering in these games about 5.9 points per game. Geno Smith, too, he's never played that great as a favorite. He's always been way better as an underdog where he's 19-14-2 against the spread. And look, I know there's a lot of great trends out there to bet on Jared Goff and the Lions. I know I love Jared Goff at 1 p.m., but I'm willing to fade him here. Jared Goff's only 12-10-2 ATS off extended rest, but this feels like a huge letdown spot. You go out on Thursday night to start the season out, you kind of have a statement win if you're Detroit you sit that you sit there for a while. Like this is the type of game where I would love to win this game and then play again on Sunday, you know, or rather than or play again on like um seven days away. Not sit there and get all fat and happy and feel good about yourself. That's not what I want to do here. The Lions have only been a three point or more favorite twice since 2014. Probably How I mean that makes sense. That? They've been, yeah, it makes sense. They've been pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, that is absolutely insane to think about here we are nine years later and only three times have they been favored by more than three points in an NFL game. What are we doing here, guys? I think this line is way too high. Personally, I think Seattle wins this game outright and avoids the 0 and two start. I really do. Ben, any, any other games for you in the NFL or is that it? Nope. I got one more. Um, Okay. Packers and Falcons over 40 and a half. 
Uh, I know that I was waiting for that number. I'm still waiting on it because I'm waiting on Aaron Jones. I think he's not going to play, but Christian Watson, I don't think he's going to play either. Yeah. Uh, keep going that number down. I, I would love that number to keep going down before I take it. Listen, Packers need to prove to me they can stop the run. They did not do that in week one. I'll tell you that. Um, and Aaron Jones played incredible, and I think he's going to be out for week one. I still like the over, even without him. You still got LaFleur calling plays. Um, I like Jordan Love. I think he's going to be good. Romeo, Romeo Dub, Dobbs, Dubs, whatever his name is, uh, played well in week one. The Falcons just have – they're not, like, consistent. <laughs> like, okay, Jesse Bates played incredible. Defense played really well. We ran the ball well, but, like, we haven't proven to be consistent since the Super Bowl run. Um, that's defensively speaking. Offensively, I think Bijan and Algier should have another huge day. Um, we have to, I mean, London got no catches. Like that's, that has to change. So either yeah. he has to get open or they're going to call plays for him. I, I like over 40 and a half in this game. Yeah, I will be on the Falcons in this game on Sunday. That's only a one-unit play, though, for me. But don't put me down as an official for that one. The Packers are actually 28th versus the run last year, so I think Atlanta can run the football all over them. I think um, 25th all- in rushing yards allowed after one game right now. Jeez, yeah, that's terrible. Also, too. They can rush the passer. Here's another blow-your-mind stat for today. Desmond Ritter was 26-0 and at home at Cincinnati, and he's 3-0 and at home as the starting quarterback of the Falcons. This guy's never lost a home game between college and NFL. Obviously, he's only started like five games in the NFL, but just thought I'd throw that one in there. It's still a cool stat. Uh, man, that's my quarterback. Last play for me. It's an ugly one. So not only did the Giants fall into my crazy trend that I said, the 19-2 and trend, not only did the Seahawks fit the 19-2 and trend of teams that lost by double digits and are playing on the road against teams that didn't win by lose by double digits the week before. So not only do we have two teams that meet that trend, but we have a third team, Ben, that falls into that in that 19-2-1 ATS trend. You know who it is? Off the top of my head, I don't know. I don't remember, and I'm not looking at scores right now, who lost by double digits. But if it's the team that I'm thinking of, I'm joining you, but I don't think it's on the same team. Go ahead. Chicago Bears plus three. Yeah, no chance for me. Yeah. They've, lost, look, 10 ga- they've lost 10 games in a row. Like They've lost 10 games in a row, but it's stopping right here. The Bears are due for a win. Baker Mayfield also on top of that 19-3 trend. He has not covered as a favorite since 2021. And Baker Mayfield all-time in the NFL as a starting quarterback in games he's favored in is 11-23-1 against the spread. Give me the Chicago Bears, the ugliest play of the week to get it done. I'm only going one unit on that one because it is an ugly play, but I think the Bears come out here and get it done. Who knows? Maybe they somehow lose by like one point or something, but I do think the turnaround is ridiculous. The Vikings threw two interceptions in the end zone against Tampa, and they also jumped over the line of scrimmage on a field goal, which is a 15-yard penalty, or it's a five-yard penalty for a legal procedure, giving the the Bucks a first down, and they were able to score. And Baker Mayfield even said they stole the other team's signals. So I think the Bucks are a little overrated here. They flipped from being plus from being minus or the Bears are minus one and a half going to week now plus three. I think this is an over adjustment. I think the spread should be more like one and a half. So I'm I'm rocking with them here. Too many points. The gross play of the game. I'm I might be off the Chargers bandwagon after week one, by the way. They're the same team. Yeah, they really are. But then again, it is the Dolphins offense like. But they're the same team. But I did predict the Dolphins' offense would be that good. I'm gonna I tell you really this surprised. right now: um, the gross pick that I am not gonna bet on. Yeah. Um, at least as of right now, is Titans plus three. Just Tannehill can't look any worse than he did. Chargers' mm-hmm. defense is not good. Derrick Henry should be getting more touches than 
Spears or whoever their backup is. Yeah. If Chargers don't cover, I'm officially off the bandwagon. And I will be ruthless if they lose to the Tennessee Titans straight up. I will be ruthless. Hey, I'll, we'll be ready for it. I still believe in them. Um, you want me to recap real quick, all of them? Yeah, recap. for uh, One more thing I want to say, Ben, is I actually could think of reasons to bet on both teams. Obviously, Vrabel is an underdog. Justin Herbert, though, is unbelievable against the spread at 1 p.m. Both these teams, though, lost. I don't know. I feel like this game's. I feel like that game's like flipping a coin, honestly, so I just stayed away from it. But I do agree. I think the catching the points is the right move in that one. Give us the recap, Ben, and let's get out of here. Uh, college football from me. Iowa minus 28, LSU minus 9, UNC minus 7, uh, Florida State minus 26, as long as there's not a hurricane hurricane uh, happening. Thomas's uh, Florida State minus 26, Western Kentucky plus 28 and a half, and Ole Miss minus 18 and a half. NFL, 49ers minus 7 for me, Giants minus 4, and Packers, Falcons over 40 and a half or whatever that number lands on right before kickoff on Sunday. I'm on the over. Thomas is on Giants minus four, Seahawks plus five, and Bears plus three. Boom. Let's get this money tonight, Ben. We got some, or this weekend, we got some good plays locked in. For those of oh, y'all who are betting. Braves won the division for six years in a row, by the way. Yep, six years in a row. Braves won the division. We probably should have mentioned that to start the podcast off. Shout out to our Bravos. Um, we'll be talking about MLB more as the playoffs approach. Ben, you excited for the weekend, man? Always. Hey. Happy Rush Happy New Year to all the Jews out there. Rosh Hashanah coming up. Happy New Year to all the Jews out there. Happy football weekend to everybody who participates. We will talk to y'all next week.